got to get in there and find it for yourself. You know, it's, it's just like complaining. If you really want to be a humble and meek person, you really don't want to have be that complaining person anymore, you got to do it for yourself. you got to make your mind up that you're going to do it for yourself. You're going to stop complaining altogether. That's it. You're done. It's over. I'm through. People start complaining about their wife. Guess what? You won't have a wife long. People start complaining about their husband. Guess what? You won't have a husband that long. I tell people, lift one another up. Build one another up. Use that tongue to glorify instead of tear down. Yeah, the show aired and everybody saw it. My sister had a trailer park watch party, Miss Connie. I thought it was the coolest thing. She's, she's texting me from a trailer park in Dallas, Texas. She picked us up, and she's like, you're not watching? I said, I see myself in the mirror all the time. You know, and, and I just thought that was cool. And then the next day the phone rings and, and people are calling in, but then the, then the comments come, the hurts come, the complaints come. You should have done this. You know what, man, I don't want to hear none of that. I'm just serving God, guys. I'm just trying my best, God. How about complaining over that guy that, that, that's just now starting to get right? You ever meet somebody that just gets saved, just gets born again? I mean, they ain't even got out of baptism and somebody's talking about their past complaining about who they used to be, complaining. You know, family's the worst, too. I, I'm just going to speak it right now. Your kids need you to lift them up, not tear them down. There's emotional scars that you're giving your kids right now that you don't even realize that if you don't stop complaining over them. I'm telling you the truth. I still got emotional scars. Anybody got scars from their parents? I know some of you do. I know you personally. You carry those scars. You carry them well now. You, you try to break the cycle. You're moving forward. You don't do that to your kids, praise God. But you still have those scars. Kids and people need to be lifted up and encouraged. You know, Norman had to fire somebody this past week. He was telling me about it. I guess I shouldn't tell his business or his name. I should have said a friend had to fire somebody. But my friend Norman had to fire somebody this week. Don't tell him I'm telling on him. Uh, but he did it out of love and he did it out of grace. You see, there was three days of rain, and, and, and he pays those guys' salary, pays them good. There was three days of rain, and then there was a couple of days of good-looking sunshine, beautiful sunshine, and the guy didn't show up on a Saturday. He called the guys like, look, I was tired. I didn't want to come in. I work all the time. He said, dude, you've been off for three days. And the guy started saying, well, what do you want to do then? Norman said, well, I guess you need to go find another job. He didn't start complaining about it. He just told the facts. See, sometimes if you tell the facts, that's not complaining. Huh? Sometimes you bring up what's right and what's wrong. That's not complaining. There's a difference in complaining. A complaining person usually finds everything to complain about. I look at somebody right now and I can say, you know what? That's probably why they are where they are. Anybody ever think like that? That's probably why you are like you are. Why aren't you ahead? Why aren't you advanced? Why aren't you going down the right path right now? Maybe you complain a lot. I found this scripture. Look with me. Where did I tell you? Numbers? Where did I go? Somebody read it for me. You're going to have to read it loud if you're going to read it, cowboy. How long shall this wicked congregation grumble against me? I've heard their grumbling against the people of Israel, which they grumble against me. We've been looking at Moses a lot lately. And here's a man of great faith, a humble man, and had people just speaking out against him. I want to share something with you tonight. 
Don't listen to those people. Come on, somebody, believe that with me tonight. Don't listen to those people. You do what God's telling you to do, you do your very best and honor God. If you're not right, then listen to that correction. But if you're doing your best, don't listen to anything other than godly advice tonight. I found out in my life that people that complain, they usually complain about everything. People that look for the cup being half full instead of half empty are always probably looking for a sunny day. Come on, somebody, believe with me tonight. So I come up with some things I want to talk about tonight. How many ever heard of a habitual complainer? You got to stop being a habitual complainer tonight. It's like a it's like a disease. It takes over your whole life. It does. It really does. It takes over your whole life. When you become a habitual complainer, those are the ones that never find joy in anything. They give the food back at the restaurants. They, they don't like public transportation, but they got to take it. Every single day, something's a matter. It's either too hot or too cold or too hot or too cold. If you guys will feel right up underneath your seat, we put a thermostat right up underneath your seat in this church. Feel under there. Not really. But every week someone says it's too hot in here and the other person says it's too cold in here. You can't please everybody. And nobody's ever going to please you all the way. Life ain't always going to be pleasing. But we don't have to find things to complain about either, guys. How about this? We developed a mindset that we're not going to complain anymore. We're going to be blessed. We're going to be blessed. Somebody say that with me. We're going to be blessed. So I was thinking about it tonight. My first thing I want to bring up tonight, and I, and I might have talked a little bit about this last week, but complaining won't change anything. Who believes that tonight? When we got the uh, call that Dalton had got this spot on his neck and they wanted us to do an ultrasound, we thought that was the end of it. All of a sudden, now they say, hey, it don't look right. Bring him back in. We want to do an MRI. All of a sudden, man, all the emotions run wild in your parents who loves their kids. And we've all been there. We've all had those things come. But I chose to just honor God. I chose to believe the best. I'm still, I ain't got the results, but I know that if I till up the garden, God will make it grow. Come on, somebody. But I know this. If I walk around and I murmur and I complain, I'm going to miss my promised land. I'm going to miss seeing God's best. You know, I don't want to be that person that always complains. I called someone today said, where you been, man? We've been missing you. We love you. We've been missing you. Where you been? Oh, I'm working all the time. I'm just so exhausted. I hate my job, but I got to work to put food on the family table. I can't come to church. I can't do this. I said, are they working you on Sunday? He said, no, that's my only day off. I said, why don't you come in here and be grateful for that job? And then they make you a supervisor at that job. And then you're the guy penciling in the schedule guy. See, God elevates those who don't complain, who don't grumble, who don't moan. Who believes that tonight? You know, I want these people in this church to be grateful and not gratefully complaining. There's a the word I just spoke to you, gratefully complaining. You ever meet that person? They're grateful, but they complain. They're grateful, but they're complaining. They're grateful, but they're complaining. God wants us to be grateful without complaining. Hey, sometimes I ain't got a lot, but I'm thankful for what I got. Sometimes I got a lot, and I'm really grateful, and I don't appreciate it, and God takes it away. 
I'm just speaking real to you tonight. And then when I get down to nothing, anybody ever like that? Someone told me today, someone told me today that this person in our church, this person in our church, we haven't seen them since God healed them of cancer. Where are you now? Cancer was the worst thing that happened to you and God fixed it. But now you're back out there doing what you do. I just would like to say tonight that God don't want to hear our grumbling and complaining. It won't change anything. If you complain about the weather or the traffic on your way to work, it's not going to make any difference at all. Basically, you're wasting your time complaining. So why bother getting angry or upset at all? Who, who believes that tonight? Anybody like traffic? Raise your hand. Oh, you like it? <laughs> Brother Vic, don't raise your hand, boy. <laughs> Scoot over, Connie, for the lightning strike. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, I, I don't like traffic. And I find myself complaining about traffic. I don't want to go to Houston. I hate coming to Houston. I hate, hate it now. Anybody like that? Huh? But what if my heart was right? What if my life was right? What if my attitude was right? And that's the trip that takes me to the promised land. That's where the door opens. That's where your miracle takes place. That's where you see God working like you've never seen Him work before. But if you start complaining in the car and you get there and you're already upset, then you miss God. God says to you tonight, complaining don't change anything. You know, it just makes things worse. You know, It will make you miserable too. How many believe that tonight? Complaining will make you miserable. Say miserable. It will make you miserable. How can you ever look on the bright side of life if you're always complaining about everything? Eventually you will convince even yourself that everything in the world is pretty awful. Who does that right now? Don't raise your hand. But you say everything in this world is terrible. No, it's not. You're not terrible. I used to complain about the school up there. I still do sometimes. I catch myself trying to listen to what God told me that time I had a meeting with the principal when they didn't put their hand over their heart and do the Pledge of Allegiance and they didn't bow their head to pray. That just got me so upset. And I put a little thing out there on Facebook and all of a sudden we got 70,000 people up in an uproar and school calls. Hey, we'd like to talk to you. And I felt like, man, I hadn't been to the principal's office in a long time. And, uh, and here we go. And, and, you know, I went in that thing with an with a upset attitude. And I don't know if I even got the right results back. But I did believe that God spoke to me there. They said, how can you say that God is not in school when your son is saved? How can you say that God is not in school when we are allowing these kids to have a minute of their own private worship. How can you say that God is not in school? You don't know if I'm, a, I'm saved or not. Don't God live in us? God don't live in a building. God lives in us. Now, we'd like to see revival break out in that school. We're doing everything we can to just infiltrate that school with as many Christian kids and people as we can. And you guys help us. Like last year, we stood out there and we rolled up burritos and we ran down people in Gumby suits and we was all dressed up in crazy costumes, but we got God in that school. But I had the mindset that the school was never going to change. 
it's going to get worse. We need to get these people out of there. You know what? We don't need to get the people out of there. We need to get Christ in the people. We don't need new people to move next door. We need Christ to move next door. We don't need new neighbors across the street. We need God across the street. Somebody grab this tonight. Because complaining won't do anything but make you miserable. I realized from that day forward that I was going to love that school. That God put me here. I found out something really unique this week. Writing the history of the church, I called the pastor that was here before me. I said, hey, Brother Mark, I'm writing a deal. We're changing from Saddle Up Seminar to Connection Class, and we're going to, the first lesson is going to be on the history of the church. Do you mind writing something about Caney Creek Cowboy Church and getting it to me? And, and, and I'd like you to come maybe one day and speak to the church about why you bought this property, why here, why, why, why not somewhere else? And he began to tell me that he was at First Baptist of Grager Land, and the people were really against him starting a cowboy church or a cowboy church and they didn't see no reason for it and he began to tell me that he did not name this church Caney Creek Cowboy Church because of Caney Creek High School he didn't and not because of Caney Creek Creek over there it had nothing to do with why he named it Caney Creek Cowboy Church he always liked the idea of those old western movies with Billy the Kid and the Cisco Kid and the San Francisco Kid you know what I'm getting at he just liked the idea of a cowboy in a cowboy church and a cowboy name. And he remembered, I'm just giving you a history lesson of me and our, and, but this is how he came up with Caney Creek Cowboy Church. He thought about the kid. He wanted something cowboy, something punchy. And he remembered when his dad used to have a CB radio in his truck. And there was a guy on the radio, and he called himself the Caney Creek Kid. And he thought, you know what? That's what I want to name my church, the Caney Creek Cowboys Church. It had a ring to it. He got it from the Caney Creek kid, the CB guy. We didn't know that. I didn't know that. What a great, wait, what a great mindset. I want to know tonight, can you adopt a mindset right now that complaining gets you nowhere? I thought that this was planted here to help that school. No, this church was planted here to help the world. Amen. This thing is bigger than one school, one city, one state. This church right here was planted to make a worldwide difference. We're international. How many have heard me say that before? We're an international outreach ministry. That's what we do. We branch out. We go places. We do things. Complaining won't get you nowhere. There's nothing you can do about it. No one's perfect. Can you say that with me tonight? That no one's perfect. No one's perfect. Look at this scripture tonight. 2 Peter 1.21. Go there. 2 Peter 1.21. Letting little things slide is not a sign of weakness. It's a sign that you've accepted the truth that no one is perfect. People make mistakes. Things go wrong. And so people do wrong. So go with the flow and don't get stressed out over what people do because you're not perfect so nobody's perfect. Somebody grab that tonight. Second Peter 1.21. Got my Bible? 
For no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. The people that are speaking today that really love God, they're being carried by the Holy Spirit, but they also make mistakes. Christian people make mistakes. Would y'all get that tonight? Y'all too asleep for this message, I guess. Christian people lose control of their temper sometimes. Anybody ever had a bad day and lose your temper? Oh, I'm with a bunch of righteous people tonight. People that are Christian who are carried along by the Holy Spirit are still not perfect people. They do and say things sometimes that shows you that they're not so perfect. Let it go. It only makes you miserable. Focus on God. Keep your eyes on God, not on people. How many can do that tonight, that we just stay focused on God, not on people? Because when you focus on people, you're taking your eyes off God, and you'll see their imperfections. You know what? I'm going to go around here tonight, and I'm going to point out some of your imperfections. How fun is that? I can tell you everything that's shortcoming about Scott Jones. And I can turn around, I can tell you everything about Audrey. I can tell you everything about Scott Sicolo. I can tell you everything about Ellen. Everything that I know, you're shortcoming. I can tell you all those things. Is that going to make me any more of a Christian? Why not forgive Kendra? Why not forgive Michelle? Why not forgive Brother Mark? Why not forgive John? Why not focus on what God has instead of focusing on, on what Holly done wrong last week? Stop complaining about people. Complaining about people gets us nowhere. Just makes us miserable. I wish somebody tonight would say that I'm not perfect, Brother Mark. I'm not perfect, and I don't claim to be. So if I fall short, then I know that guy sitting in front of me tonight really falls short. That was a joke. Y'all missed that. It went right over y'all's head. But that's how we do. That's how we analyze people. I'm better than them. No, you're not. I'm not better than you. We all put pants on one leg at a time. Especially the men in this church better. Free, free. That's all free. We all put pants on one leg at a time. Nobody's perfect. So quit trying to make Christian people out to be perfect. Maybe we should strive to be perfect because the Bible says that you're to be perfect because your Father in Heaven is perfect. So you should strive to be perfect. But in reality, it's so hard when people are judging you to remain walking with God. It's so hard when people are ridiculing you to be walking with God. So I want to challenge you tonight to not to be complaining about anybody in this church anymore. You know what? If there's a legitimate gripe, if there's a little legitimate gripe, why don't you take it to God? Ain't he big enough to take care of his children? Ain't he big enough to solve his own problems? <laughs> I told someone one time they was having a problem with their pastor in their church, and they had got a lynch mob, and, and they were fixing to go in there and string him up. And, and I said, don't you think God's big enough to take care of his children? What does he need you for? He don't. God said, get the sawdust out of your eye or the two-by-four out of your eye before you try to get the salt. What, how, you know how it goes. You quote it all the time when they do it to you. But then you turn around and do it to others. Why don't we quit complaining and start lifting one another up? Building one another up. That's what God intended for us. Because complaining about people is not going to make those people any better. 
What will make them better is if we lift them up and encourage them, try to help them. It's not so easy to do, I'm going to be honest with you, but it can't be done. I have learned to keep my mouth shut sometimes when that's not the norm. I've learned to put my hands down when that wasn't the norm. I've learned to walk away instead of fight. Pick your battles, folks. Everything is not an issue. I tell people this all the time. You know, pick your battles. Everything is not an issue. Is it worth losing their friendship over? Is it worth letting them walk out of this church over? Work with them. Pray for them. Keep your eyes focused on God. This is good advice I'm giving you tonight. When you complain all the time, it makes things look worse than it really is. Anybody get like that? It makes things look worse than it really is. I'm bad at this sometimes. Anybody bad at this sometimes? When you begin to complain about something, you make it look worse than it really is. As I grow up in God, I'm trying to stop that tonight, guys. I want you to stop that. Quit complaining. It only makes things worse. It only makes things worse than it really is. When people complain, they focus only on what's wrong. Things may be mostly fine in a company, but complainers only talk about the problem. If there is 80% good and 20% bad, why don't you focus on the 80% that's good instead of the 20% that's bad? The situation will look a lot better than a lot worse if you focus on what's good around here instead of what's wrong around here. I hardly ever have anybody tell me what's good around here. Most of the time they want to tell me what's wrong around here. Why don't you start looking for what's good around here? Like we help people, that we go out of our way to go out there and make a difference in people's lives. That there's tireless people here. There are tireless people in this church that are sacrificing their time and their talent and their treasures to see one dad get off of drugs and one mom get off of alcohol and one prostitute not do that anymore. Look for the 80 cent good and 80% good than, than the bad. I had someone complaining about the trash that was being left around the basketball court. You know, Brother Mark, they're just leaving trash all over the basketball court out there. You know, I thought we built this for the church, people. And I come up here and I see grown men and people, you know, they get, they get out there and there's just a big bunch of them out there and they don't pick up nothing after themselves and, and this and that and the other. You know, Brother Mark, you know, maybe we should put some signs up and maybe, maybe, maybe we should just make it just for church. Why are churches not having people in them right now? Because they judge them. Because they complain about them. Hey, I'll pick up a cup. I, I, I'll pick up some trash. I'll move some things in that's left outside. I don't mind a bit. I got Dave here. I got Tony here. I got others here that help. That's what they do. That's what they do. That's what they get paid for. That's why they're here. So if I go out there and I jump on those basketball players, I never got the opportunity to tell them about Jesus Christ. And we're the only cowboy church with a basketball court that I know of. I know they got arenas. They got all kinds of stuff. I, I, we're one of the only cowboy churches that promotes motorcycles. We're one of the only cowboy churches that says it's okay to come in with a suit. We're one of the only cowboy churches that say come as you are. 
You know, see, we promote God. We promote love, and we promote that we love you because God loved us first. You know, yeah, I wish they'd put the cups in the trash can. But is it worth the fight? Is it worth losing them? The other day, there was a group of them. Man, there was a bunch of them. And I heard one of them was really an outlaw. I heard he had just gotten in trouble, and, and he was on the police reporter, and this and that and the other. And, and uh, man, we need to watch him. And this and those are all things that are true. Hear me, those are all things that are true. You don't take and not heed a warning. But what if this is that guy saving grace? How many believe that we put Bibles over here in the ground before we poured this concrete? Huh? <laughs> How many were there when we raised that cross and we buried Bibles in that driveway? So if they're coming across there, they're coming across the Word. When they're walking in here, they're walking over the Word. A life-changing place. They're walking into a life-changing place. Yeah, I don't want no trouble. But trouble comes whether you want it or not. Ha! That's free. If I live my life scared, if I live my life afraid, if I live my life complaining, then I'm never going to get to see God move. I got kids graduating right now, and their parents have such a tight grip on their future. Let them kids have some wings. Let them grow. Let them expand. Because <clears throat> if you put a tight grip on them, they're never going to see God's best in their life. You've got to let them fly, just like you have to let a Christian fly. Some make mistakes, some... I always make mistakes. I do. I don't know about y'all, but I do. I made plenty of them. One real little smart lady told me one time, she said, Brother Mark, you know, the reason that God is blessing you is because you allow your mistakes to be known. You don't try to cover them up. You know, what if we all stop trying to be so perfect and start loving the one that is perfect? Then I guarantee you, we're going to bring those family members into church. We're going to bring those basketball players into church, those workers into church, those people who say, you know what? I'm looking for something. I found out this in school. Three people come to church. Three different types of people come to church. Have I shared this with you already? Three different types of people come to church. The agnostics, the seeker, the agnostics, the seeker, and I lost the third one, and the desperate. The agnostics, remember we went over this, Brother Vic? The agnostic, the seeker, and what? I'm glad you're all listening. The desperate. They said, spend your time and your talent, your resources going after the seeker. Because the atheist, they're probably not going to believe anyway. And there's a special group of people that, that go after those people anyway and can minister to those people. Because most of those people have got their mind made up. They don't love themselves and they're not going to love God and they're not going to love you and what you're trying to do. So don't spend your time, talent, resources. If you get one, great. But hey, you're probably not going to get them, so don't spend your time. But one type of people that come are the agnostics, and there's not very many of them that come to church. The other one are the desperate. Man, when they come in here and they're, they're strung out, they're drunk, they're wanting a life change, their marriage is falling apart, their life, they don't have a job, their finances are in trouble. The desperate, they come anyway just because they're desperate. But the seeker, 
That's the one playing basketball. That's the one coming to a roping. That's the one that walks in here, and we need to put our arms around. And we need to love them because they're seeking something. And you know what Caney Creek has more than anything else? Is a smile and a handshake and a hug when they get here on Sunday morning. How many of you remember the first time that somebody hugged you in this church and it made you feel uncomfortable? Anybody did make them feel uncomfortable? Don't lie tonight. It made you feel a little uncomfortable. But now it just, it's a welcoming. It's like a homecoming. It's like a, woo, praise the Lord. I'm going to get a hug today. I'm going to get a smile. I'm going to get a handshake. I'm going to get a hello. I'm not a stranger anymore. See, a seeker was a stranger when he walked in. But he left a brother or a sister. See, that same brother or sister needs a benevolence committee to come see them. An elder board to check on them. Someone to call a brother or sister when they're down on their luck. We got one right now. We got one real member right now that's going through a real struggle with alcoholism. I've been reaching out to them and trying to get a hold of them. I want them to know that we care and that we have a Monday night for them when they get out of that program. Some things seem like, you know what? Some things seem like this, that, that we're the only ones, but we're not. We're a, we're a church. We're a unified body. And we are good at this if we don't start complaining. Don't start finding fault. I had to get on Harry a little bit. Can I get on you, Harry, for just a minute? Harry was doing our Saddle Up seminar. Him and Beverly are still going to be over this Saddle Up seminar. Harry calls the people, makes an appointment with the people to come in for the Saddle Up seminar in my line, and then they don't show up. And Beverly and Harry spend their fr Sunday afternoons coming over here at 5 o'clock, sitting and waiting, and they don't show up. This has happened to them numbers of times. I could see it was starting to bother Harry and Beverly. Really, Harry, it was really starting to trouble. I'm just being honest. It was really starting to trouble. I said, Harry, let's try to get them, brother. Let's try to call them again. You know what? He didn't stay in that mindset. He reached out again. I was so proud of him for not setting in that old mindset, that old way. You know what? It's got to be about me. No, it's not about you. It's about kingdom building. So he left emails. He makes phone calls. He checks with them over and over again. He has built a database of people who have, who have come through these doors. That way we can try to check on them when we don't see them. So I'm so proud of you because that ain't the norm. It's so easy to complain about them, ain't it? Huh? It's so easy to get disgruntled and not want to do it anymore. Ain't it? But God never got disgruntled on that cross. He never complained on that cross. He never said stop when they were hitting him with the cat of nine tails. When they pulled his beard out of his face, he said, uh-uh. He let them do it out of love for you and for me tonight. You know, I, I'm going to leave you with a couple more, and I'm going to wrap this whole thing up. Complaining becomes a habit. Habits can be broken. Habits can be broken. Let me ask all the husbands to raise their hand. Go a month without saying one bad thing to your... Raise your hand, James. I'll pop you right in the eye. I told you I'm cowboy tough if I got to be. Go one month without complaining about your wife. And watch how she'll stop complaining. 
Watch how that. Scott, it ain't no joke. Go one month, my brother. I'm going to go it too. One month. Vic, one month. Scott, you, Scott, y'all with me? Carl? Mr. John? One month. Dar, Mike? Quit complaining about Darlene. One month. Harry? Nolan? Men? Danny? John? Richard? One month without saying one bad word about Miss Penny. If the supper's cold, eat it. <laughs> if you don't get any, suck it up. Put your hand down. Men, will you do that with me? Watch her reaction. And it better be a good one, Sherry. You better get yourself fixed up when he comes home. <laughs> you better tuck and pull and push and do whatever you got to do. All you ladies, Miss Augusta, don't be, don't, be, don't be laughing at me. You better get yourself fixed up, girl. Miss Connie, when he comes home, got something nice on, a little smell good. A little deodorant. Hey, get, let me say this. You shaved. <laughs> you didn't go a week without shaving. I'm married to one. I know how I go. I believe windows will change our world. Harry, I believe it will change our world. Vic, I believe it will change our world. Ladies, embrace this, what your men do. This is my Mother's Day present to you. This is my mother. Joe Biggs, if you complain about Linda one time, we shave your face again. We shave you. Hey, why don't we do a shave challenge? We'll shave your head if you complain. The only one here is out of trouble is John. John will John, John's good on that. No, uh, we don't need it. We just need to trust God that we can break the habit. Starting with the leader of the church, Pastor Mark. I'm not going to complain about Mary. I love her too much. I got to hold my wedding ring up on our next TV show. Today they come and did some filming and I put my wedding ring up. And I said, I'm so proud to wear this. And I love her so much. And then I realized, you know what, sometimes I'm not a very good husband. I realized today when my son was getting an MRI and I ride his butt, sometimes I'm not a very good father. I need to stop complaining so much. Complaining becomes a habit. And habits can be broken. Stacy, habits can be broken. If you got stepkids, love them. Love them. They're not step when you get married. They're yours. They're yours. Love them. Love them. One more, two more, listen. Habits can be broken. If you complain all the time, you find yourself with other people that complain all the time. Anybody know what a click is? Birds of a feather flock together. Watch. I know people that would go, this person complain, this person won't hear it. This person complains, this person don't want to hear it. This person complains, they don't want to hear it. This person complains, they don't want to hear it. They land on one that says, you know what, you're right. 
that old Mark Grimes, he ain't da 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 And then they'll find, they'll go around and say, bam, this guy don't want to hear it. She wants to hear it. This one don't want to hear it. They want to hear it. This one don't want to hear it. This one don't want to hear it. This one don't want to hear it. And then next thing you know, there's a click formed. There are complaining clicks out there. They are. And they usually gather up and think that nobody sees them, but God sees all things. People say, Brother Mark, aren't you scared to start life groups? Because there was a time in this church, Mary Wise, where I would never even entertain the idea of a life group because the people weren't mature enough. They would get together and they'd be griping or they'd be complaining or they'd be murmuring or they'd find, they, they wouldn't get in digging the word. We're not that church anymore. We don't have that people anymore. We don't have that mindset anymore. Let's praise God for that tonight. We don't have that mindset. We don't have those people anymore. So I'm not so much worried about that anymore. But if we don't watch it, we'll get around negative people because they attract one another. Positive people attract positive people. You can't be a negative and a positive person together all the time because one of them's going to hate the other one before long. That's the truth. That's the truth. If you get around somebody that's always negative and around someone that's always positive, those two people, they won't be around together that long. That's why there's cliques, and that's how they form. And there are bad complaining cliques. Don't get yourself in one. Don't become the starter of a complaint and keep it going. If you have a legitimate complaint, bring it to somebody. Talk to them. Amen? Because if you don't, it'll make you negative. It'll make you miserable. You'll upset people. Remember, no one's perfect. I did the best I could with this complaining series, and I hope you guys got something out of it. So, And I'll try to share my notes on our Facebook through Caney Creek Cowboy Church so that you'll have them fresh if you took notes. Start sharing them at home. Uh, we're going to have a, 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 a unless... Is we're going to adopt a mindset of unless, say unless. We're going to start teaching unless in our youth, our lambs, our church, our young life. Unless we stop complaining, no one else will. Unless we stand up and do something for God, nobody else will. Unless I'm the dad that I'm supposed to be for God, no one else is going to be. Unless we're going to adopt this mindset. We're going to try to change your way of thinking and change your future and the outcome of your future. Amen. I think it's going to be a good year for Candy Creek Cowboy Church. Amen. So let's pray together tonight, and uh, God bless you. Uh, I, I know that Saturday, Brother Rayford, I want you to get with Brother Joe and, and, and uh, uh, some other men that are going to work Saturday. We got to get the electrical plugs in, and we got to get this covered up in the back this weekend if we can. We have Kingdom Dog Ministry coming with all of his dogs the Sunday after next. So we got to try to get this thing where dogs don't fall through the floor, whatever he wants to do. So I'm excited about that. I know some people got to meet him the other day. So I need to get, I need to get my Holy Hammers ministry to get together, talk about the getting this part of the stage complete. That way we can Kind of go ahead and get things wrapped up, please, if we can. Amen. Father God, we thank you for this night. We thank you for allowing us to be together, Lord. Lord, I pray in Jesus' name that you would just bridle my tongue up when I have the urge to complain. 
Lord, I thank you, Father, for what you do and what you're going to do in all of our lives, Lord. I love these people. I know they love us. And, Lord, we want to expand the kingdom. We want to build it up and lift it up and not tear it down. Lord, we want to make you look good in every, every, every avenue that you send us down. Lord, we want to make you look good. We want to make you look good, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Let me tell you this story before you leave real quick.